Today's episode of the Jack Vita Show is presented to you by Fanatics. JackVita.com slash Fanatics is the place to go if you're looking to grab some gear to support your favorite college or pro sports team. They make a lot of great apparel. I bought someone in my family a great t-shirt on Cyber Monday. Lots of good deals over there. And even though Cyber Monday is over, they got plenty of good deals. So go to jackvita.com slash fanatics. It's a good place to buy some gifts for your loved ones this holiday season. jackvita.com slash fanatics. We are also sponsored by CBS All Access, which is, in my opinion, the best streaming service in the game. They have 20 seasons of MTV's The Challenge, which we're going to talk about a little later on today. They have every season of Survivor, every season of Big Brother. They got the current season of The Amazing Race. They've got pretty much every Nickelodeon show imaginable, except Drake and Josh hasn't made it there yet. But it will come soon. I'm, I'm sure of it. They just added Hey Arnold, which is one of my all-time favorites. They got Wild Thornberries, Amanda Show, SpongeBob, Avatar The Last Airbender, Lots of great stuff over there. Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. That's a fun one. So why don't you go to jackvita.com slash CBS and get your free one-week trial. Again, it's a great streaming service. I think you're going to love it. Give it a try for a week. If you like it and you want to keep it, $5.99 a month. It's the only place you can watch the UEFA Champions League and the Europa League Sign up today and don't miss out. And now, let's get to today's show. Sup, y'all, and welcome into the Jack. Vita Show. I'm your host, Jack Vita, back in action here on December 8th, 2020, a Tuesday afternoon. We've got plenty to discuss today. First of all, we have our Christmas movie bracket. So we're going to break that down for you all. We've got some baseball off-season news, especially here in the Chicago market. We are also going to talk some college football NFL, and you can bet we're also going to be previewing MTV's The Challenge, new season beginning tomorrow night. So much to get into today. So logically, I have the perfect guest in mind, someone who can go from all of these topics and is able to keep up with me and understand maybe 85 to 90 percent of my weird references. Rachel Gerhardt joins me once again. How are you, Rachel? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me back. I always love returning to your show, sitting down and having a conversation that feels like an ADHD brain blast. I mean, we are just all <laughs> over the place, but I enjoy it. It's my favorite way to just wind down after a crazy work day. Oh, yes. Oh, it's so good. I'm glad you're back. This will be a lot of fun. And Rachel, the first thing before we get into all these topics that we have today, uh, breaking news here on the Jack Vita Show. This podcast episode came out a week late. We were originally going to record this last week. I know some people were kind of left hanging last week. I talked with Nate Smith and uh, we 
talk some football. And I said, Tuesday, talking with Rachel Gerhardt, we're going to talk Christmas movies. And then nobody heard anything for a whole week. The reason they didn't hear anything, Rachel Gerhardt, I have COVID-19 right now. <sighs> Jack, you know what? <laughs> it seems like that thing just goes around like a mosquito bite these days. How are you? Are you feeling okay? Yeah, I'm feeling real good, honestly. It's, you know, so someone in my family got it um, at their place of work, and 10 of their coworkers got it. And so it was seemed an inevitability that I was going to get it. I was in close proximity with that person um, before they started feeling really sick. And so then we all went, we got tested, me and another family member. So three out of the five of us have it. And everyone's doing fine for the most part. I mean, it's never fun being sick. I would never encourage anyone to ever get sick intentionally. Um, But I will say this thing is not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Wow. And you know what? Can we dive into symptoms real quick? Can you talk about how you're feeling and what you experienced? And then also, am I wrong? Aren't you in the population of immunocompromised people where this could be? No, you're not. Not anymore. Okay, good. Good. Hey, congrats. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But let's talk about your symptoms. I want to know how you're feeling, as well as your siblings, just understanding kind of what you guys went through for the couple of days that you were all quarantined. Yeah, so we're still quarantining. And I mean, I think a lot of, I think we all kind of had had the same type of symptoms. So for me, it started... And this is good because I think the listeners can get an idea of maybe what it feels like if they are to be exposed to it or if they think maybe they do have COVID. So the first two or three days, I just felt really tired, like very run down, like just want to go to bed early. And so the first night I slept about 10 hours. I didn't have any other symptoms, maybe a headache, but you're just tired, really. And so I had that for a few days, and I just thought, hey, you know what? I'm behind on sleep. You know, it, no big deal. And But then I, it was weird because I slept that much, and I still felt tired the next day. So then around day four or so, I would say, that's when I started to notice, okay, now I'm starting to get a cold. Now it's starting to feel really weak. Now I'm feeling extremely tired. Now I'm like actually kind of in pain. Like you get those aches and those chills when you're sick. Um, And then the next day I had a fever. So really, I would say it was basically about two days where you have the fever and the the chills, the weakness, you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, after about a couple, after a day or two of that, then it just became, it felt more like a mild cold where you just have a cough maybe a little pressure in your chest, the congestion, uh, all that uh, good stuff. Um, all those cold-like symptoms. Don't need to go too deep into all that for uh, <laughs> for the <laughs> listeners, but you know what I'm talking about. And then uh, just fatigue. And so right now I'm in that point where, you know, I've ha- it's been about a week now of quarantining and all of us are isolating in our own rooms. I'd say the, the hardest part is just staying in your room this long. I mean, we're not created to to do that. We're created to socialize. We're created to get some fresh air and to exercise. So for me, just being a little uh, cooped up, that's probably the, the most challenging part. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you ever got grounded as a kid, but man, when I was a kid, <laughs> getting grounded felt like it was the worst thing that could ever happen. But shoo then you get quarantined <laughs> as an adult and you're like, whoa, 
This is way worse than any time I ever got grounded. But hey, it's good to hear that majority of your guys' symptoms were mild. Obviously, COVID is something that probably, not probably, it does affect everyone differently. But knowing that, yeah. um, seems like you guys are okay. And that this just kind of felt like another cold to you. That's good to hear. Now you're going to build up some antibodies and you're... yeah. An XL human. Now you're double X. You positive. Like you got that good blood now. <laughs> oh yeah. Can I? So I don't know how that works. Can I donate my blood now? Does that does so, that help? Honestly, yeah. That's a really great question. So what people who have who people who have COVID and who have beat it and have shown that they have the antibodies can actually go to like a blood center and donate plasma. Um, and then what mm. they do is they take your plasma and they donate your plasma to patients who are fighting the disease and it can help them, you know, beat it. Sweet. I'm going to so, definitely have to look into that. Yeah, you should. I know that's one thing that I say if I get it and I have the opportunity, not the opportunity, but the blessing of beating it, um, <laughs> I would definitely look into doing that. Well, Rachel, I just want to say to everyone, do not be afraid. Do not be scared. If you get it, I mean, I've been reading that 99% of the people who get it are beating it these days. Um, we have an idea of what it is. And, you know, we talked to our doctors when we got this thing and they were very calm and just get, provided some good instructions and, you know, take some zinc and, hey, you can go into a deeper dive on what you should do if you actually do get it. But... Honestly, you know, I'm not someone who gets scared of a lot of physical stuff. So I, I was never really overly worried about it in the first place. I, I know that's not the case for everybody, though. Um, for me, my fears are more like intangible. They're more like a fear of failure, a fear <laughs> of the future. Um, but don't don't be afraid in general. You should never be afraid. Um, don't live your life in fear. Obviously, continue to be cautious and follow the guidelines and the protocols. I'm not saying anything against that, but just don't be afraid, guys. That would be my, my one takeaway. Maybe this is something good is that people, they listen to this show, they know me, and so maybe this is the first time they know someone who's gotten the, the disease and they're able to see, oh, it's not, it's not the Black Plague. It's, it's okay. It's not a huge deal. Absolutely. I'm glad that you are here to tell the tale <laughs> and reassure the listeners not to worry if it's not necessary. Yeah, and I'm also glad that I can't transmit this thing through people's earbuds right now. That would be very bad. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you just gave me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> well, Rachel, you were very helpful uh, you helped me create this greatest of all time Christmas movie bracket, which began last week. We're down to the Sweet 16. We had just 32, but you helped me pick out all of these movies. Uh, you got that bracket open? What do you think? Oh, I'm looking at it, and I'm feeling good about it because I'd say majority of the movies I sent to you are still rolling strong in the Sweet 16. <laughs> Yeah, I think you may have listed off like 20 of the 32 movies in this. <laughs> you know what? I take Christmas movies and all movies in general very seriously. Well, that's why I'm glad to have you and have your help. Because honestly, there are a lot of these that I actually haven't seen, which I'm embarrassed by. Oh, no. I mean, I, you, I mean, there is two on here that I know I haven't seen. <laughs> oh, what are those two? 
Miracle on 34th Street? Yeah, that's an old one. It's from 1947. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that. Me neither. And Olive the Other Reindeer? Oh, yeah. That one was an animated one on Cartoon Network. I'm surprised that uh Maybe I, if I saw like the album, like the artwork, maybe then I would recognize it <laughs> if I saw a picture, but off the name, no. Yeah, you know what? I thought of another one. Do you remember Grandma got run over by a reindeer? Are you kidding me? Of course I do. And I believe like the Looney Tunes maybe did a remake of it or something. <laughs> really? Yeah, or maybe that was a dream of mine, but I could swear <laughs> that the Looney Tunes did a remake. Well, Rachel, we are, have our Sweet 16, so we've got today our matchups, Elf versus Home Alone 2 and A Christmas Carol, which is the original from 1951, also known as Scrooge. It's actually interesting, that one... In some countries, it's just known as Scrooge. In others, it's a Christmas Carol. But anyway, Christmas Carol, mm-hmm. Christmas Vacation. Those are your uh, matchups for today. Jack, I don't know about you, but to me, this is easy money. Yeah. Christmas easy Vacation money. and Elf. 100%. Yeah. No question about it. Next. <laughs> all right, all right. So we've got on the bottom left of the bracket, this will be tomorrow's matchups. It's a Wonderful Life, which beat all of the other reindeer. And then the Santa Claus 2, which beat Jingle All the Way. Uh, there are some big-time Jingle All the Way fans that were disappointed that that movie uh, fell out of favor. Honestly, I just watched that movie yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've never seen it. I need to. I didn't know oh, about it. It was on TV yesterday. It is so funny. You have to check it out sometime. I was like, wow, Schwarzenegger's in a Christmas movie? That sounds pretty amazing. I mean, it's Schwarzenegger acting. I don't know if you've ever seen him act before, oh, but it's, it's very dry. Um, <laughs> Did you you ever should s- definitely check it out, though. <laughs> Did you ever watch the new Celebrity Apprentice with Schwarzenegger as the boss? <laughs> no. Oh my goodness, I'll have to check it out. I'm a Schwarzenegger fan. <laughs> he hosted the last season when the when the other guy, uh, you know, wasn't doing it anymore. So uh, mm-hmm. Schwarzenegger comes in, and he was, it was just comically bad. Like, every single time, like, in the boardroom with the original Apprentice and the Celebrity Apprentice, the Donald was just so good because he understood business, and he was a businessman. And Schwarzenegger... He he worked in government, but he where's his business background? So every single time he would try to provide an analogy, like he'd be telling people how they could do something better. He'd start talking, telling stories about his bodybuilding days in Austria when he was 19 years old, like and how he'd go down to the market and put up posters and like. <laughs> Just, oh my god like very relatable to uh these people who are celebrities who also don't have any business background uh trying to execute business ideas it was it was really funny you know what big schwarzenegger girl he should just did terminator jingle all the way called it a day called it a career boom <laughs> That's it. Nothing else. No government, no nothing. <laughs> so we got It's a Wonderful Life versus Santa Claus 2. And then... Easy. Yeah? I mean, you and I both, we're both big Tim Allen fans. Yes. Come on, Santa Claus 2. Yes. Santa Claus 1, 2, I mean, they're going all the way, let's be honest. <laughs> I, I mean, they're going to go about as far 
they're going to go pretty far here. I don't know if they'll go all the way to the end, but it's looking good. <laughs> well, they won't jingle all the way there. Oh, good one. Good one. <laughs> well, admission, I haven't seen It's a Wonderful Life. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is. It is crazy. Fun fact, when I was growing up as a kid, I don't know if many people know this or not, but my brother and I were actually theater kids. We, from age age six to like, I don't know, 13, um, we were paid. It's not surprising to me. Yeah, we were paid to act in these big theaters and we did a lot of different Christmas shows. Um, we, my brother and I combined, my brother was always Ralphie in a Christmas story. He was Ralphie (laughs) three times combined. We were in that play like a total of six times, um, as well as (laughs) it's a wonderful life. So fun fact. So six different years you did a Um, a Christmas story. no. No, he was in it. He and I both were in it, um, together one year he was in it two years without me, and then I was in it one year without him. Okay, so that's but, five. Okay, so, well, I meant it was like it wasn't six different shows the same year, though, is what I'm saying. Oh, like, no, you no, did no, no. that's six. like six. Yeah, that's like many wow. years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. Didn't 100%, know that. Yeah. So then we got the biggest upset of them all from round one. Deck the Halls, six seat, taking out White Christmas. Deck the Halls, we actually watched that on Thanksgiving night. That's a that's a funny movie. Absolutely. You think that's a major upset? Well, it was the only it was the lowest seed to move on into uh, the next round. There I guess weren't that is any considered six seeds. upset. Yeah. So in White Christmas, another one I hadn't seen. I know it's a classic. But uh, Deck the Halls will face Charlie Brown Christmas here what are in you round taking? two. I got to go Charlie Brown Christmas, but yeah. Deck the Halls. Oh, yeah? You're Deck the Halls? No, I'm Charlie Brown. I'm a classic Charlie Brown girl. But that wasn't an easy decision. Yeah. Deck the Halls is really funny. It's Danny DeVito just doing the whole Danny DeVito thing like he's Frank from Always Sunny on the, in a PG-rated Christmas movie. Yep, 100%. <laughs> love him. <laughs> so good job by Deck the Halls. Um, on the other side of the bracket, we got A Christmas Story, which took out Christmas with the Cranks. Were you a Christmas with the Cranks fan? Nope, Christmas. Well, I mean, yeah, I liked it, the movie. It was pretty good. But in this, it was easy for me, Christmas Story. Probably going to go all the way, honestly. It's just a classic. Yeah, it probably will. But the reason I brought that up is because you mentioned Tim Allen. I actually mm-hmm. haven't seen Christmas with the Cranks. Um, oh, my gosh. But I, I know, I know, right? But I would heard that it was a little... That's a little underwhelming. It's not as good as some of the other movies in this bracket. Oh, absolutely not. Not even close. Are you taking, I mean, is this easy for us here? Christmas Story over Polar Express? Here's another one. I've never seen a Christmas story. I've seen oh the live gosh. the live musical that they did on Fox, if you remember that a few years ago. I, so I know the story. I just haven't seen the original movie. Jack, I am so disappointed. ABC Family. For the ABC Family, literally for probably the last 20 years, on Christmas Day, they play Christmas Story and Christmas Story alone. That is it. All day long. I do not know how your family never was just like flipping through the channels on Christmas Day, turned it on, and then it stays on all day long. That is how Christmas usually goes if you have a cable box. 
<laughs> I think it's because we've been watching the NBA games uh, oh. on Christmas Day. That's but a good you excuse. Know what? I think the thing is, Rachel, I was thinking about this. It's like there's so many of these that I haven't seen. And it what ends up happening is you don't watch these movies any other time of the year. So you really only have like... 25 days if you want to look at like the 25 days of christmas or maybe you go a little before thanksgiving so maybe like a month and a half two months to watch uh to watch christmas movies and i think what a lot of people end up doing is they revert back to the classics that they watch every single year and then uh by the end of the time they end up missing and there are a bunch of movies that they haven't seen and each year they say they're going to watch them and they they haven't yet well it's not an excuse, but I just think that's what happens. I would agree to an extent, but there is no excuse. Let me bring it back <laughs> and remind you. You've been quarantined, Jack. Yes. You've been sitting in a room by yourself <laughs> doing nothing. You could have watched all of these movies that you haven't seen in one day. <laughs> I Starting maybe I'll do today. That tomorrow. Starting today. <laughs> You need to make a list, check it twice, and make sure you're watching your movies once or twice. Uh, yeah, I've been a naughty boy this year, I guess. Yeah, you're not getting anything but COVID. Later on, when we talk uh, some more entertainment stuff, I'll tell you what I have been watching um, during the time when I've been uh, quarantining. But for now, we move on. So Christmas Story against Polar Express, which beat Frosty the Snowman. And you're you're big on Christmas Story, of course. Yeah, this is. I mean, I like the Polar Express because I love Tom Hanks, but easy Christmas yeah. Story. Yeah, the Christmas Story is going to roll all the way. Okay, Santa Claus, the original, the Santa Claus, <laughs> takes out the ultimate Christmas present, and that's the movie with Brenda Song. You remember that one? Um. Yes, and you know what? I loved that movie actually. It's a good one. It was I, a tough draw. That was the one with the time machine or the snow machine, right? Where they yeah, like find the machine. machine. I love that's like a classic one that I watch every year. But yeah. this still was an easy one. However, Santa Claus vs. Die Hard. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I love both of these movies. I mean, it's obviously Santa Claus for me, but it's not easy. Yeah, well, Die Hard, I actually don't think Die Hard's going to move on because in round one, there was a very anti-die... I don't know if it's just a bit, lot of Love Actually fans or an anti-die-hard contingent, but die-hard only beat Love Actually 65-60. It comes down to denial. I think a lot of people deny the fact that Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. Yeah, and so they, and there's, they, I mean, the cover of the movie doesn't help reinforce, you know, when you're looking at <laughs> all these different movies. Like when you post the pictures of them to vote which one and you see Nick Cage with a gun, you know, I'm, or whatever, you know, you get what I'm saying. Nick Cage. Bruce Willis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There's another Die Hard movie out there when like, they Cage. remake it. Nick Cage. Could you imagine? That would be <laughs> awesome with Nick Cage. Oh, my goodness. I don't know why that name just came to my mind. Bruce Willis, you know, tomato, tomato. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the Santa Claus... I mean, we're just talking. Ultimate Christmas Present is a dang good Christmas movie. I hated that Santa matchup. Claus, one fifteen to ten. So the Santa Claus is probably going to beat Die Hard here. Yep. 
And I'm okay with that because the Santa Claus is my favorite of these movies. Yeah, I think you're going to take Santa Claus all the way. This next I'll, matchup, Santa Claus versus Christmas Story, that's my worst nightmare. Ooh, wow, <laughs> that'll be a tough one. Yeah. Okay, then we've got Home Alone, which beat The Christmas Chronicles, which is the new one a couple years ago with Kurt Russell. You ever see that one? Nope, that is also one of the ones I haven't seen, but I can picture the album cover on my head because <laughs> Kurt Russell <laughs> looks unreal. <laughs> it's good it's good i like kurt russell it's a good oh, movie. Man. i don't know why i call it the album cover the movie cover you get it <laughs> i didn't even notice <laughs> uh miracle on 34th beat bad santa i think you're a pretty big bad santa fan i'm disappointed in this one because i told you miracle on 34th was one of the ones i haven't seen so this vote i mean i haven't seen christmas chronicles or miracle on 34th street so naturally i'm taking home alone and bad santa I love Bad Santa. <laughs> Another one that I need to see. That's on oh, my list. Oh, you have to. I think it's on Netflix. You have to. It's a really funny. Oh, it funny. is? Oh, great. Oh. Perfect. Luna says hi, go. listeners. <laughs> uh, so Home Alone versus Miracle on 34th. Pretty easy which way you're going on that. Yep. And then our final matchup. Uh, the Grinch took out our lone Hanukkah movie, which this is something that was disappointing for me. I was really, as I was building this, I'm like, yeah, we'll put a couple of Hanukkah movies in there. And then as I'm doing a little research, there's only one major Hanukkah movie. Wow. Only one. And I was I was disappointed. I asked uh, some of my Jewish friends, I was like, what, any Hanukkah movies? Like, even something that's not very well known. Like, it'd be cool to get a couple of Hanukkah movies in this bracket. They said the only one was Eight Days, or sorry, Eight Crazy Nights, the one with Adam Sandler, the animated one. <laughs> and it lost. Oh, yeah, that is really disappointing. <laughs> I'm sure maybe they have some Lifetime movies, Hanukkah movies. They do have a couple of, you know, it's funny. There are a couple of Hallmark movies yeah. that came out last year, and I read the description for one of them. And it did not sound like a Hanukkah movie. It sounded like a Christmas movie where, like, this uh, this Jewish fellow meets a girl who's not Jewish. And she, like, teaches him, like, how Christmas is a superior holiday. And that is defined as a Hanukkah movie. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, good grief. We live in a terrible society. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, dear. I know you had that Arthur uh, stuffed animal. Did you ever see the Arthur Perfect Christmas, Arthur's Perfect Christmas Christmas special? Of course, of course. That's a great one. And there is some Hanukkah representation in that one, too. Arthur always did it right. <laughs> For sure. So we got Grinch taking out Eight Crazy Nights, and then Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer beating Four Christmases. Setting up a Grinch versus Rudolph matchup. This is a perfect matchup. Perfect. This is a good one. They've both been around for way too long. Who's going to go <laughs> forward? And I'm taking old Grinch. You know, I'm going to go with Rudolph. I really enjoy watching the uh, Claymation is what it's called. The Claymation Christmas special every year. It's, it's very nice. I'm a big fan. Very impressive that, like, that is a very old special. It's very impressive that, you know, it's as good as it is for as old as it is. Yeah, it's both of these are very heartwarming tales. Oh, absolutely. I'm a huge fan <laughs> of The Grinch. It's one of my all-time favorites. Always has been. 
<laughs> oh, I got a really good transition here for Rudolph, um, but we'll come back to it in a second. So we'll come back to Rudolph because this transition is so good. You're going to like it. <laughs> but uh, Rachel, anything else on this bracket of what we've seen so far? Any other thoughts? Uh, winner pick? What do you think? I think this is tough. You know, I think Elf versus Christmas Vacation is a tough matchup. That's going to be a tough bracket, but I think whoever yeah. wins that is going to go all the way to the championship. I also think the winner of Christmas Story and the Santa Claus is going to go all the way to the championship. So I'm going to say <laughs> it's going to be the Christmas Story. <laughs> <laughs> Would that be your favorite? Is that your pick? That's what my heart is telling me, but my head is telling me the Santa Claus is going to take it. I'm trying to think like good, better here. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I think I think Elf is going to win the whole thing. That's my prediction. But my favorite, Elf is Elf and the Santa Claus. Those are my two favorites out of this bunch. I, I mean, Christmas Vacation, I don't know. You have a lot of people on your social media who are our age, and Christmas Vacation yeah. is a classic for some of the older people. I don't know how many, like, I don't know if that movie's still living on, if people are still watching it. I hope so, but <laughs> I think that one could go far, too. It could, it could. I actually had not seen that one until a couple years ago, so I actually did catch that i know that's a classic um i did catch it a couple years ago it's a funny movie i'll tell you what this bracket is a lot easier for me i don't think i'm as invested in this bracket as i was the last okay maybe so it's like because the... they're just movies and the shows i watched over time and over time i love them more <laughs> and i've just seen these movies on repeat for the last like 20 years um <laughs> but yeah i don't know this one is very easy for me i think i'm like og with my classic movies and i think i'm gonna take them all away all right. Well, I'm glad that you're enjoying this bracket. I'm glad the listeners are as well. Guys, make sure you vote. It's the only time I'm ever going to tell people to vote. I don't care what people do politically. It's not important to me. And we're not a political <laughs> podcast. We're here to have fun. And this is something that's really fun. It's really fun seeing people kind of coming together and voting. And this is where I, I like it because people debate Christmas movies. Like, we need more lighthearted, fun stuff in our culture today. So... I'm glad people are enjoying it. It's been a lot of fun. Couldn't agree more. Rachel, going back to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, you know who Mr. Heat Miser looks like? Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. I've always thought that Kyle Schwarber looked a little like him. <sighs> I don't agree with you. <laughs> but my heart just sank into my socks by you just saying his name. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're uh, you're a little emotional right now. And for those who are uh, just catching up here, the Cubs. By the way, this is we're getting into baseball. Hmm. So the Chicago Cubs made it's been a it's been a busy and heart wrenching week for Cubs fans. It was December because... December second to be exact was the date December second. <laughs> December 2nd, and then again uh, later in the week because yes. we had another departure. So the Cubs non-tender, not offering contracts to Kyle Schwarber and Albert Almora Jr. And then an even bigger shocker, Cubs play-by-play -play TV guy now moving over into the south side. 
and uh, Len Casper will now be calling the White Sox games on the radio. Devastating. Rachel, I turn it over to you because I know you have a lot of thoughts on everything going on in Cubland. And Kyle Schwarber is <laughs> your guy, too. It is time. Um, I don't know how long you guys may have known me on the listener side. I've been talking with Jack couple for, years. you know, a couple years. And if you're familiar, you know that there are two professional athletes that I ride or die for, Tom Brady and Kyle Schwarber, my number 12s. Now, for the last five years, at least five years, all I have been hearing from my fellow crap-talking friends is that Kyle Schwarber is going to go DH. And that Tom Brady is going to leave the Patriots. I have jokingly denied this, laughing at the fact that that could never happen. Then the year <laughs> 2020 happened where I thought, man, this COVID stuff, shoo-wee, that is crazy. Then Tom Brady goes to the Patriots show. Man, or the, uh. the Bucks, the Bucks, man. And tell, I'll tell you what, that was a blow. I mean, I maybe shed a tear. I, it was upsetting, but I had an idea it was going to happen. This one, I was just not ready for it. And you, everyone was telling me it was going to happen, and I was not ready for it. I was scrolling through Twitter December 2nd. I see the tweet. I literally felt like I just saw a tweet that a relative died. <laughs> now, I know that he's still alive and well and everything's great. I'm happy. I'm happy that he's happy. But Kyle Schwarber has been a staple both on and off the field since the moment he became a part of the Cubs organization. And he has been my favorite Cub since the moment he became a Cub. I'm absolutely devastated to say the least. Len, God, that one was just going back to back. It was terrible. And now you're going to the White Sox. And now I don't know if you've heard this news, but the White Sox are looking for a left-handed hitter. And I swear on my great-grandma's grave, if Kyle Schwarber goes to the south side, oh, my goodness, I might just – I'm not going to even say it. But Kyle – No, 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 say it. You know what? I think if that were to happen – I'm just going to cut in for a sec. I think this is an opportunity for fans to maybe reconsider some of their options here. I was raised on this. I was born on the South side. I was raised a White Sox fan. I was raised a White Sox fan. Now, it's not like I hate the White Sox, but I just think the White Sox should be sent to Indianapolis. I think that there (laughs) should not be two teams in Chicago, and then the White Sox should be the Indianapolis White Sox. And then if Kyle Schwarber wanted to go play for the White Sox, I'll have it all day. I'll go. I wouldn't miss a game. I'll be there every single game. But you know what? That's not going to ever happen. So I'll, it's just really upsetting. You know, I was somebody who avidly went to the Cubs conventions where Len also yeah. was there. And he was um, a big part of that. And you get to know people who are a part of the organizations. If you're lucky, you get to meet some players. And I'm so thankful that the last Cubs con I went to, I literally was front row. I could have shook his hand. We were so close to Kyle Schwerber's press conference. It was really awesome. I'm just devastated that this day has come. I know that Chris Bryant is like Mr. Cub with Riz, so we got to keep him. But Not for too tw- much longer, probably. Think about 2020 truth. with the Cubs. We lost Gosh. Theo. We lost John Lester, Albert Almora, Kyle Schwarber, Len. Oh, no. <laughs> and 
I mean, seriously, I don't want to sound dramatic. There are a few <laughs> things that, like, I'm not an emotional person. There are a few things that really get me to cry hard. And this one does. I'm very invested in the Cubs baseball. My dog's middle name is Schwarber. I've got so much of this guy. <laughs> I mean, it's really... <laughs> I just really loved this man, and it's really upsetting. So that has been the worst part of my 2020, um, and I'm not taking it so well. No, I get it. I get it. It's always hard. It's always hard. I was laughing because I think it's funny that your dog has a middle name. <laughs> That's like... Well, I did it intentionally because you know how if you're a woman and you have like a hyphened name, it'll be like, Oh, like Rachel Gearhart Schwarber, whatever. <laughs> so I gave my dog a last name for a middle name because I thought it was just funny. It sounds like a hyphen name, Luna Schwarber Gearhart. <laughs> and I literally just love him. Yeah. I will never forget coming back from the World Series after that man had just been out for the whole season, devastating. And then he came back and helped take the Cubs to a World Series win. I mean, he's just done a lot for the team, and I think he's underrated as an outfielder as well. So it's just going to be a sad departure. So here, I'll give you my two cents uh, looking at this more an, uh, analytically and analyzing this thing. So the Cubs are in a weird spot right now where they're really – they're retooling and it's going to, it's not going to be a pretty year and there's probably going to be more of this to come. I mean, I, I think Chris Bryant, it seems at this point, he does not seem like he wants to stay in Chicago for much longer. And I understand it because I don't think the fans have been very kind to him over the last year or two. And, uh, he hasn't played very great, but also they haven't, I mean, they're trying to lead him off and they're going to try to, you know, they've been playing him in the outfield. I think Chris could be gone. I think Rizzo will probably stick around. Um, I'm not a big Javi fan, honestly. Whoa, I'm, not, I'm not as whoa, high on Javi. That is a hot take. That is a really hot take. You can't just casually say that. Like you're just going to slip it in mid conversation. Like that's just like a common take that everybody feels. That is what? You're the first Cubs fan I've ever met that just said that. Well, Rachel, I, um, I've been talking about it on the podcast with Jordan. Jordan and I kind of talk about it, but thing is with like with Javi this year, he had an on base percentage of 230. I mean, that's just not good. The, the thing is, I think he chases at too many pitches out of the zone. He's typically up there in terms of chase rate. Uh, he's always up there at the top of the league. He also is always up there in errors. He makes a lot of bad throws and ill-advised decisions. So I'm not, I'm just not as high on him as a lot of other people are. And so my opinion is when I'm not as high on a player as everybody else is, I look at that as a guy that you can trade and get a whole lot back for. Um, now I don't think that's going to happen. I do think he's going to be a guy that they keep long term. But I mean, he he had a very bad 2020 season i mean i just don't think that anything that occurred in the 2020 season should be taken seriously i'm serious i mean yeah players are humans too and i think mentally what the coronavirus has done not having fans there not you know having rules be different just everything is so different i just don't take you know people who had a bad season this season i'm almost like hey, I don't blame you. You're probably going home, probably feeling paranoid, or maybe you're not getting good sleep, or maybe things are just so stressful right now. You don't, I don't know. There's a lot of things that could be going on, so I just don't take 
in all sports almost aside from football right. i take football a little yeah. bit more serious but with the baseball season how short it was how quickly everything happened and how for so long things were so up in the air so many players were so frustrated they just wanted to play it's like i don't know a javi bias is so fun to watch i cannot believe you just said that i am <laughs> shook well that's the thing is i'm honestly i'm really i don't consider myself a fan of a team anymore with baseball because i'm so close to the game and really that winning the world series in 2016 i it was it's never going to get better than that i agree um and so they won and then you and i graduated college and so the timing it was like okay and now i'm kind of moving into this thing where i'm so close to the game and i don't want to look at it in a subjective manner i want to try to be as objective and fair as possible and so the cubs are still the team well prior to this year the cubs were the team that i saw play more than anybody but then they did this whole marquee network thing and we didn't get the games anymore so it was it's like i feel like that's another thing where i think they're in danger of losing some fans because some people can't even watch the games and now you get a guy like kyle schwarber who's a fan favorite moving down to the south side of chicago i think some people could follow him down there especially with lung casper um i totally agree and you know what at the end of the day it's I'd be happy if these people who I've known to love stay in Chicago, whether it's the Cubs or the White Sox. And I know that's a, probably a hot take, but like, at least they're <laughs> not going to St. Louis. You know, like these things yeah. could be worse. If they're staying in Chicago, we're still going to be able to get them on our TVs, on our radios. Like, it's still going to be, we're going to be able to catch the games. I don't know. I mean, it's sad, but at the end of the day, the sports world is a business. And. That's business, baby. I mean, these things happen. How often is it that your favorite athlete on your favorite team stays there forever? Right. Yeah. Yeah, and look, these. Uh, I'll say another thing. Sox games are dang fun. Sox oh, heck games yeah. are half the price of Cubs games. And over the last few years, that's another thing, is that I have a friend, uh, Zach Jones, who's come on this show uh, several times, works in player development, and he hooks me up with a lot of free tickets. So I take the free tickets, even if I got to go commute down to the south side and go through traffic. I just love baseball. And so if there are fans in the stands this year, you have an opportunity to watch, quite frankly, a better team on the south side of Chicago than going to Wrigley where, hey, Wrigley's awesome. You know, Wrigley's always going to be a landmark. But the team isn't going to be great this year. So I, I do think there's an opportunity. And by the way, there's no reason why people should hate a team in their own city. I mean, you can you cannot root for a team in your own city. But it, it always just feels a little strange to me for someone to be a fan of the Blackhawks, the Bears, and the, the Bulls. And to truly detest one of these baseball teams. I agree completely. I'll tell you what, I, like I said, I was raised a White Sox fan. The first baseball games I ever went to were White Sox games. I didn't even go into a Cubs game until I was a teenager, you know? <laughs> I always went to Kaminsky. That was the place to be. I had my first nachos out of a helmet at Kaminsky, <laughs> uh, and it'll always be Kaminsky to me. I'm not going to call it guaranteed rate. I hate that. It's but you know Kaminsky, what? by the way. Whatever, you get it. It's been a while. I told you I'm a Cubs fan now. I was a kid when I was going there. Anywho, um, I think that part of the reason everyone flocks to Wrigley is because it's like an experience and the history and 
you know, when you go to Comiskey, guaranteed rate, whatever you want to call it, it's dark. Like, it's a very dark stadium. Everything in there is black. It's, it's dark, you know? Yeah. And Cub, at Wrigley, it's a whole different vibe, and I think that they can charge more for their tickets, especially after the World Series win. And they fill it up because it's a whole experience, whether you're in the bleachers, whether you're, you know, no matter where you're sitting at, it's just, ugh. Yeah. I'm sad well, I haven't gone to a game in a while. This has been a long year. I mean, how about it, man? I just want to go sit in the bleachers and eat a hot dog and have a beer and relax. I think that's what everyone wants Aww. right now. That, the motto for every American in 2020 towards the end of the year. But, okay, a couple other things here real quick. So, analytically, I think this is an an unbelievable opportunity for not only Kyle Schwarber, but also Albert Almora Jr. And Albert Almora Jr. is a guy that, Rachel, I wrote a piece on him back in 2015 before he ever played a big league game. I wrote my scouting report on him, and he's a guy that I've always really liked as a player. I think he's, even if he doesn't develop a great bat, maybe that doesn't come. He has the tools to be the best defensive center fielder in baseball. And the Cubs really never tapped into that. The Cubs had some other guys, and they always preferred Ian Happ over him. And, you know, I just think that this is a great opportunity for Almora to get somewhere where he's going to play more regularly. He never really got regular at bats. And for Schwarber, I think this is a good opportunity for him, too. I mean, look, you might not want to see it, but if he's a designated hitter, uh, I could pull up the splits real quick, Rachel, but his numbers as a DH are astronomically better when he's DHing than when he was forced to learn a new position on the fly at the big league level. Now, I, I learned to love, I loved Kyle when he was a catcher, you know, so I <laughs> yeah. totally agree. Uh, you. But I think that that speaks to just why I love him so much as a player too, is look at what he's been able to do with the, di- the diversity and taking on these new challenges and switching positions, coming back, winning a world series and hanging with that position that you were forced to play. I totally agree. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, oblivious to the fact that he probably would be more successful as a DH, but so career numbers as a, uh, left fielder versus a DH. Uh, actually, they must have dipped this year. But before last year, he was like over 300 as a DH. And uh, 230 as a left fielder. But his best numbers, as you mentioned, as a catcher, 349. Unreal. <laughs> Unreal. How fun was he to watch back then? That Cubs team will forever be my favorite team. When they yeah. had Schwarber catching, Miguel Montero... Oh my goodness, that was so much fun. Justin Ruggiano. Oh yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, we'll have to do an episode where we just take a trip down memory lane with the Cubs and relive it. That'd be something good, I think, that would be positive. I agree. Um, we'll we'll have to do that. But uh, yeah, I think good opportunity for him. Do you think you do you agree also good opportunity for Almora? Oh, absolutely. And here's the thing. I have nothing against Ian Happ. I'm just not crazy about Ian Happ as a player. I've been preaching get Ian Happ off the Cubs for a while. I'm, I'm sure that sounds terrible. I met him at a Cubs convention one time, and I was just like, oh, God. 
your personality off the field doesn't really surprise me. It's kind of the same as it is, you know, how you are on the field. So I've always been like, get this guy out of here. He also, you know, he also tweeted something emotional about Schwarber. And I was just like, should have been you, man. Get out of here. I was, I, I got beef with Hap, but it, it comes back to Almora because he did steal a lot of opportunities from him. When I think Albert Almora is 1,000% a better baseball player than him. When Almora did get the chance to play, he played well. Yeah, and Almora, as you mentioned, in 2018, there was a time when he was playing fairly regularly for a, for a stretch. And it changed for whatever reason. Uh, upper management changed their mind. They didn't want him to play anymore. He was leading the National League in batting average in the month of June. That was just a couple years ago. Wow. 2019, he got some regular repetitions for a little while, was playing well, and then he had that incident where he fouled that ball off in Houston and hit the fan in the face. And then it was very weird how the Cubs handled that. Yes. They said, like, oh, we're, we're not going to have him play for a while. And I was like, As Man. if it was intentional. Yeah, and it's like, what would be better for someone mentally than to get back on the field and get more at-bats rather than having that same horrible instance just keep replaying in your mind for the next, you know, seven days or whatever. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Oh, this is just... This is just all too much. This, we have to just... We have to have a whole conversation talking about this. I mean, we really okay. could. I could take up yeah. a whole hour talking about this Cubs talk right, right now. Seriously. We'll do it. It's devastating. Jack this year has stunk. And obviously, uh, sad. I don't know, man. All right. Well, we'll do it. We'll, we got to keep pushing on here. We got some other stuff to talk about in limited amount of time. couple of notes here. We mentioned the South Side. They just did scoop up that left-handed bat earlier today. We'll see if they want another one. They bring back Adam Eaton. Uh, he's now back with the White Sox. They traded him a few years back in uh, that trade where they acquired Lucas Giolito, who's now their ace pitcher. Um, another move that they made today, and I don't know how much you've been following the White Sox, so you do not have to comment at all, Rachel. But the Cubs, or sorry, the Sox traded Dane Dunning, who came up as a rookie this year, who looked really good as a starting pitcher. They traded him for Lance Lynn uh, to the Texas Rangers. And now I think this says a lot about where the Sox view themselves right now. They are trying to win a championship in the year 2021. They're going for it all. (laughs) They need a a veteran pitcher on that staff. But honestly, this surprised me quite a bit because Lance Lynn, age 33, hey, he's a good pitcher. He's like a number three and number four starter. But you're giving up a guy who pitched very well for you uh surprisingly a little bit Dunning was really really good for the Sox uh down the stretch um and he's a guy you got club control of for another five six years so this one surprised me quite a bit I thought Dunning was a guy that they could use as a centerpiece of a trade for an even bigger uh star pitcher than uh, than they got out of one year out Lance Lynn I, I think it's funny about the 2021 World Series championship comment. And and I'm, they definitely could use a veteran pitcher, but I think their new GM can take care of the veteran aspect of the team. <laughs> yeah. His, their GM, Rick Hahn, actually went to my high school. I, I mean, what's your take on that real quick? Because I 
laughed and laughed and laughed until I was on the ground rolling. I think a World Series championship is about as close to them as that man's eyesight. Wow. I I really don't think that he is going to do something crazy with that organization. I do not think they needed a coach that old. Oh, okay, okay. You're talking manager, yeah, Tony yeah, La Russa. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, you yeah, said yeah. general man. I maybe you said I maybe I just heard you general manager, Tony La Russa. Okay, I know what you're saying now. I was very confused for a second. He's not the <laughs> new. He's not the new GM. No, he's the manager. Whatever, you get it. <laughs> Tony La Russa, I talked about it a month back. It's like he has the ability to manage and adapt. But, yeah, you do wonder if uh, if the game has passed him by a little bit. I, I struggle to kind of – I just kind of wait and see mode. We'll see. But it was definitely surprising. I think he's age 77. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. I, mean, I would love to see how that atmosphere in the locker room is. Coach trying to get you <laughs> fired up. <laughs> uh, good well, times. Rachel, we got to talk some other stuff here. So, college football playoff. Notre Dame, I think they're number two right now behind Alabama in the uh, college football playoff rankings. Correct. And that that Clemson game is coming up in about a week or so. And I know you're a big-time Notre Dame fan, so how are you feeling about things right now? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling confident. Statistically, we're in a great spot here. Obviously, number two ranked, playing number three ranked. Last time we played Clemson, it went into double overtime, um, but still won, I think, yeah, 47 to 40. Um, here's the thing. Ian Book, great. Trevor Lawrence, better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence is so fun to watch. I cannot wait until he gets to the NFL. I really, really love Trevor Lawrence. And he can... <sighs> He's been in this position before, so I feel like he is going to put up a fight. More so than they did in the previous game. I think Clemson, I don't know, man. I have a, as a fan of Notre Dame, I'm trying to be realistic here. They're going to come back hard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But statistically, we're in a good spot. Okay, so if this game's a blowout, I think Notre Dame should be out. Um, They got to keep it under 10 points, is my opinion to remain in the playoffs because Mm -hmm. we saw that game at home without Trevor. And now that was a huge win. We can't take Mm -hmm. anything away from Notre Dame, but it's not the Mm -hmm. same as neutral turf against Trevor rolling into the playoffs. I think what I would love to see, and here's the, here's the real dang shame of this thing, Rachel. Did you catch the, um, you probably didn't the coastal Carolina, Versus BYU game over the weekend? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Why would I watch Coastal Carolina versus Brigham Young? <laughs> because both. <laughs> Why schools, were you watching that? Because both schools are undefeated. They're both undefeated. Oh. And BYU has an NFL top ten pick on their team at quarterback, Kyle Wilson. He's a star in the making. Well, he's a college star. He's great. He's a Heisman hopeful. And then, uh, so what was really cool about this game, Rachel, is that Liberty and Coastal Carolina were going to play. BYU, their conference canceled on them earlier this year, and they said, we're still going to play. We're going to be an independent school, 
and we'll just set up our own non-conference games. So they had this whole thing where they said, we'll play anybody anytime. So on Thursday of last week, Liberty cancels on Coastal Carolina. So Coastal Carolina gets in touch with BYU. BYU makes the trip across the country to Myrtle Beach and they play on Saturday afternoon. And this is Coastal Carolina. I mean, I haven't seen. We're going to have the college football ranking show tonight. Um, so we'll see where they end up in the rankings. But BYU was number 12. Coastal Carolina was like number 18. And they're both undefeated. So this was a really cool game. And it happened on short notice. Just two days in advance. Neither of them prepped at all wow. for that game. Was it close? Was it a good game? It was a great game. It wow. came down to the – there was a play. Uh, so Coastal Carolina won, but BYU was driving down the field and got stopped on the one-yard line as time expired. Oh, my gosh. It what a was, game. It was the game of the year, Rachel. And this <laughs> is where I say we got to expand the playoffs so that we have these games in the future – determining who gets in to the college football playoff. Yeah, I like that. It was a great game. It was an unbelievable game. And so, but realistically, so Notre Dame, either they beat Clemson or they get blown out by Clemson. If that opens up a spot for number four, who should be number four in the playoff, I would say Cincinnati out of the American Conference. Um, I, w- I want to see some of these uh, non some of these group of five schools get a chance to go in and do something. I'm sure you remember UCF from a few years ago. You remember that squad? Absolutely. Come on. Yeah. They were declaring themselves the national champs after they beat <laughs> Auburn. That's a, I People wanna were see getting it. tattoos. <laughs> I want to see those schools get a chance. So that's really where I'm at with college football right now i i just had to need to vent share those thoughts i'm i'm glad you got to get that out i'm disappointed in myself for missing such a great game but maybe next time huh yeah i was like i was pref- i was setting you up and i was like ah oh, there's no way that she watched that game. <laughs> no yeah there i i didn't but the more that you talk about it, I want to say I heard people talking about it on the news or something. I just wasn't paying attention to which teams were playing, but I knew it was a crazy game at some point the last couple of days. Yeah, Coastal Carolina. It was really cool to have like a big spotlight on a school like that, too. They had a really great crowd. I mean, they have, they have fans there, and they're making a lot of noise, and they were I was hearing cowbells, and it was <laughs> it was great. Oh, that's awesome. Good for them. Hey, being Valpo, being Valpo alumni, we gotta we gotta support those uh, those <laughs> mid major teams. Small, small victories, yep. <laughs> All right, NFL, Rachel, what'd you watch this weekend? Oh gosh, Bears game, Patriots game. About time my Pats did something. <laughs> yeah, what was that like thirty eight nothing? Like forty five, I think. 45 oh my gosh yeah it's like it's about time and then we're going off of that win to play the rams great great momentum bears wow something else man the lions unbelievable and then i did catch yesterday's game steelers finally got their l sorry about it jack <laughs> <laughs> couldn't it's all have good. a perfect season 
Yeah, no one does. No one can do it. But I think that you brought up the Bears. Let's chat about the Bears for a sec. You were you watching that with your family? Your family? I know your family's a lot of Bears fans, as is mine. Uh, they pretty ticked off right now. Um, thankfully. They are still living back home, and I'm in Indianapolis. So my dad will text me during the games, um, <laughs> and it was just comical. I mean, it was good texts, good texts. And then what's funny is I dozed off in the third quarter, and I woke up with like two <laughs> minutes left in the game, and I literally was like, "What the heck?" I had like twelve text messages from my dad. I, we need a new coach over there. That's what it comes down to. I mean, something needs to change. Bears, I feel like they've got the players. They just don't have the coach, and they need a new quarterback. Sorry, Matt. Why is it, though, Rachel, every five years, this thing happens again and again? It's like, okay, they need a new executive. They need a new coach. They need a new quarterback. Let's clean house. That's probably what's going to end up happening (laughs) after this season. Uh, Tommy Mantisa and I, this is a funny story. Tommy Mantisa and I were hanging out in, this was, gosh, 2015. This is the last time they cleaned house. That was five years ago. We went to see this movie. Uh, it was The Gambler starring Mark Wahlberg. We went to see it in theaters. It's like a couple days after New Year's. Mm-hmm. CJ Revis was with us. He's another guy who's been on this podcast. And we get out of the movie theater. And there was only like two other people there's a couple in this theater no one else and it turns out as we get out of the theater we see who it is it was phil emery who was the bears executive their gm who had gotten fired that morning oh my goodness he was going to sulk in a movie theater by himself and you guys had to spoil (laughs) it for him Josh. Oh, it was man. such a bad movie too that we were like making fun of it like in the middle of the theater and we like we ruined the poor guy's oh, day. Oh yeah, he's like these kids. Yep, this is my life now. Great. And this movie stunk. This is great. What a day. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the last time they fired an exec. Who knows what'll happen this time. I, I don't think uh the uh Ryan Pace will be going to a movie theater uh <laughs> in a couple months, but <laughs> Yeah, I don't think you're wrong about that. Who knows if they're even going to be open anymore? Well, yeah, that's what that's what I was referring to. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it seems like it's the same thing again and again. I think this is one of the problems when you get stuck with an ownership group that just isn't really a football group or isn't really like when you have a bad owner, you're stuck in these same problems and they just keep happening again and again. And I feel bad for the Bears fans who are dealing with this. Yeah, it kind of just feels like they're stuck in quicksand. I mean, you're finally seeing the Bears have a very talented team. The talent is there. It just seems like almost an issue of play calling and execution. I don't know. I mean, even Mitch, (laughs) for as much heat he's been getting this season, he's not a terrible quarterback. No, There's potential there. I think he just needs better coaching, better guidance. Um, and a better offensive line because they have the worst offensive line in the NFC. It is yeah, so bad. Totally agree. Yeah. All right. Steelers lost yesterday. I'm starting to enjoy these Monday afternoon 
Wednesday. There's a game on tonight. There's a Tuesday <laughs> game. Are you are you enjoying these like midweek afternoon or evening games, Rachel? No, last week's Wednesday <laughs> Wednesday afternoon game was one of the most comically bad things I've ever seen. Ever. Yeah. Like, I don't even think the players are mentally supposed to be playing on these days. I, I just should not be on our TV on these days. I That game was so bad. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I have my football days engraved in my mind, and I like to keep it to those days. It's all about organization. Okay. I get that. I get what about that. What do you, you think? I mean, fo- were you satisfied with last Wednesday's game? Well... Was I satisfied? I mean, the Steelers won, so I was happy about that, even though it was a sloppy game. Uh, The fact that they kept moving the game, I think, is part of it. I don't know if it's as much that it's like, okay, they're not wired to play on a Wednesday. Like, there's there's definitely something to that. But I think it was more like, okay, you're going to play on Thursday. No, now you're going to play on Sunday. Now you're going to play on Monday. Now you're going to play on Tuesday. Now you're going to play on Wednesday. And so when Tuesday rolled around, I was just like, well, okay, we're a day away. Are they going to, when are they going to move this game to like a doubleheader on Monday? Like, really? I I feel like mentally for NFL players, since Sunday is like their day, Monday is like their Sunday. You know, Monday is the day they get to wind down. You know, um, so when you throw these games in the middle of the week, a Wednesday night game, that means Thursday is like Monday for them. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, yeah. I think mentally that's why I'm saying it might be tough for them to adjust to playing in these games because they do run on a whole different schedule. We get to relax on Sundays. They get to relax on Mondays. And it's just a whole different way of operating. So switching it up. But then again, everything's been changed this season. So I don't know. <laughs> they should be able to adapt at this point, maybe. <laughs> Well, yeah, I think, yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely, it's definitely weird. But I was, I guess what I'm saying is for me to be quarantining, to have a football game on uh, with my favorite team playing in the middle of the week with nothing else really going on, on, on 3 p.m. On a, on a Wednesday, I was like, hey, this is, this is pretty great. I, I have something to kind of look forward to. Um, now, obviously, not everyone's quarantining and not everyone's able to watch these games when they're on in the middle of a work day. But for me personally, even though the Steelers lost yesterday and even though they um, even though they played poorly in their win on Wednesday, <laughs> I have to say that the, I was for me, I was it was something that I was able to look forward to all day. And I enjoyed. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Jack. <laughs> 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 I don't want to get used to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I hear that. But Rachel, where? What are your thoughts on the Steelers? You watched both those games. It seems like you've watched the Steelers a good amount this year. Um, I'm personally not someone that's like I. It was unbelievable just looking at sports talk today and Twitter today, which obviously I shouldn't be thinking too much about what people on Twitter are saying, but. There's a lot of like, see, I was telling you the Steelers are overrated. Steelers aren't actually good. And I was more like, okay, so they lost one game. It was a close game on short rest after only getting a couple days off. I mean, they had, you talking about days, getting that Monday of rest. It's like, so they played Wednesday and now they're having Thursday, Friday, Saturday 
um, Sunday. Now they're coming back Monday. So that was, that was a quick turnaround, short rest. Not a whole lot. I mean, they're out of their rhythm. Um, but it's also one game. They lost one game. Um, they had won 11 before that. I think the Steelers are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. I put them right there with the Chiefs. I think those are your two best teams in the AFC. I think there's some other really good teams in the AFC that aren't too far behind them. But I was seeing a lot of people saying, like, oh, this team's frauds after losing one game. Absolutely not. That's an overreaction. I don't know if you're familiar with Pat McAfee's overreaction Mondays, but that is an overreaction (laughs) if I've ever heard one. This is the best Steelers team they've had in quite a while. Unfortunately, they had a bye week early on, so now with the extra week, they're kind of set up in an unfortunate spot here. Wouldn't you agree? I mean... I mean, and that kind of stinks. I would agree with your take that they also are right up there with the Chiefs. Um, So we'll see what happens. I mean, they've been really fun to watch this season. I've watched more Steelers this year than I have probably ever. So, (laughs) Yeah, I think that a couple things. One is their defense is just so good that they're going to be in every single game they play. And I don't think, like, Kansas City's defense is fine, but it's not, like, it's not great. So that that's going to be, I mean, Kansas City hasn't faced a defense like that all year. So secondly, I think Ben, I've been saying this every week, I think Ben Roethlisberger should be the most valuable player this year. No, no. Who do you say? I mean, if we're talking quarterbacks, I take Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Rodgers is there too. I just think. Oh, man, he's been great. Most valuable, Rachel. Most valuable. This team last year, 8-8 eight and eight without him. You get him back and you <laughs> win your first 11 games. Oh, my God. Everything Big Ben does just cracks me up. It's like the history of him and everything. He's just such a goof in my mind. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I think he's fun to watch. <laughs> I definitely don't think they're overrated, that's for sure. And I also think that Aaron Rodgers deserves the MVP over him. <laughs> well the last thing i'll say steelers got i've been hearing a lot about how like the steelers have this great receiving core but you watch these last two games they're right up there at the top of the league in drops they have like the second or third highest drop rate um behind aaron Rodgers as receivers so i think both those guys look at what they're doing with their receiving core and it's like the steelers these guys are promising there's a lot of talent they're young but so many drop passes. That's a concern I have. And then you also need to set up a run game. So that's it for me with the Steelers. Touche. Okay, Rach. Let's talk challenge. MTV's The Challenge begins tomorrow night. No Johnny Bananas on this season. You looking forward to it? Are you pretty excited? What do you think? I think it's a well-deserved hiatus for him. I hope this isn't final retirement. Um, You know, there are a lot of good vets returning this season, and I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with this whole double agents thing. Yeah, can you Something explain that, that to me? I don't I don't know what it means. What, I what's don't know the what theme? it means either. Oh, I oh. don't know. It's just double agents. My understanding is there's going to be some players – who have opportunities to double cross one another. Um, We'll see. There's going to be a lot of drama. But one thing that I want to talk about when I was looking up the list of returning vets, number one, 
Anissa. <laughs> yes. I have been a challenge fan for so long. And I'll tell you what, like seven or eight years ago, you did not want to go into a challenge against Anissa. I think it's time for Anissa to retire. Yeah. She could do, like, I think they should bring back champs versus stars and just put her on there. I agree completely. I mean, but then again, you see CT on here, and I guess people could say the same thing about CT, but he deserves to be there. That's my favorite challenge player of all time. CT's won three times. Anissa yeah. has not. And you can tell that that window for Anissa, it, it's gone. She's there for the entertainment. And I mean, yeah, she's been there a, a long time. I guess they yeah. want to have some OGs there, I guess. Your boy Jay's back this season. Yes, I, I really like Jay. And there's also another Survivor contestant on this season, Natalie mm-hmm. Anderson, who just competed on Survivor Winners at War um, back in the spring. She finished second place. Um, and that oh. was a season with all winners. So she had already won on uh, Survivor before. And I believe before so before she was on Survivor, she competed on The Amazing Race with her twin sister twice. And I think they won The Amazing Race. So she's... I oh, my think, gosh. Yeah. She's jacked, too. She's in great shape. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. This season's going to be weird. You see, it used to be they just took people who were on the real world, and that's who you got to be on the challenge. But now they're kind of scrambling, and I saw, I believe, reading that they're bringing people from, like, America's Got Talent on this season. Yeah, there's someone from there on there. (laughs) I just really hope I don't see people get killed on television. Like, please (laughs) tell me these people have some sort of physical talent and you're not bringing like the 16 year old girl singer who you know you just need extra people on the show to bring on i don't know i just hope that these rookies don't get slaughtered (laughs) well lolo jones is going to be on there uh olympic she hasn't won a a gold match i don't think she's medaled at the olympics but she has competed in both track and field and bobsled so winter and summer olympics she did the champs versus stars the first one that was champs versus pros and she made it to the final on there um she did really well in that competition and she also was on celebrity big brother i'm excited to see lolo on here that's a real that's a big time athlete going into the challenge house she just makes for good television last time she was on tv she was like literally a Tonka truck out there. She was a unit. But then she would come back to the house and cry her eyes out and start so much drama and just talk about the fact <laughs> that she's a virgin all the time. It's like, okay, can you just be a competitor and go out here and win <laughs> Why this competition? Put her on The Bachelor instead with Colton. Gosh, right? I know. That's the thing about Lola that I'm not crazy about. It's like, come on, man. Just come on the show and, and compete like an Olympian. And Lee, don't be all dramatic and try to get extra TV time minutes by being a drama queen. Well, I'm Celebrity Big Brother. We saw her on there. She was, like, forming alliances with, um, it was, like, Natalie Eva Marie, the diva. And they formed, like, a final two alliance without realizing that someone else was in the room watching them form their (laughs) secret alliance. Like, just funny stuff so that'll be oh fun oh my gosh yeah she's <laughs> something else there's some other ogs returning like wes Devin, tori obviously without jordan which will be interesting um nicole is finally coming back for a season 
Nicole obviously always starts drama because she always tries to hit on the other chicks in the house. <laughs> Nelson's returning. Um, Nani. Teresa just came back, too. Yep, and then Leroy and Cam. Obviously Look out for Kyle. the Teresa and Nani situation. I was just Casey, a... too. Casey's coming back when her and Nani had some drama. Yeah, well, I was watching. There's that Pluto TV that has like the challenge channel that just plays the challenge on a loop. And I woke up, I think it was Saturday morning at around 4.30, 5 a.m. because I was sick. And I was like, I'll watch the, the Pluto TV channel for a little while, the challenge. And it was like um, Rivals 3, or no, it was Exes 2, where Teresa and Nani were really getting into it and fighting. And I was like, oh, well, we're in for something good this season with Teresa coming <laughs> back. Yeah, I totally agree. I love when they do this and bring back people who have kind of taken a break. Yeah. Most of the time it's because they go off and like have kids and stuff, which is probably good that they take a break because I'm sure yeah. it's exhausting to go through this process. But it's good to see some familiar faces come back. I also think that like Johnny Bananas, yes, he was liked, but I think that a lot of people didn't come back to the show because of him. Like Devin, you know. Well, I don't think they wanted to bring Devin back on with him. Right. He was like, exactly. Devin was an alternate on the last season. You like Devin? I like Devin. I think he's funny. Um, yeah, all right. And it's he, like, well, I guess he, he just I talks like his, a big talk. I like his presence on the show. Like, I like the fact that he's the type of person you want to have if you want to cast like a villain or like a someone who's going to double cross people and, you know, be very strategic or however you want to like, like he's someone that brings something to the table. Whereas I don't yeah. think like some of these other people, maybe Corey, it's just kind of like, it's the same thing every single season. And it's just like, oh, by the way, did you know that Corey's competing for his daughter? <laughs> Did you know? <laughs> he's only mentioned it 30 he's times. Only, yeah, exactly. Oh, gosh. Here we go again. I like and then Josh, Nelson. too. Yeah, he also is kind of a drama queen. He's yeah, chill with I it. Like. <laughs> yeah. I wish that they would bring back um, Camilla. Camilla always oh, was a little yeah. spitfire. Oh, she was great. I mean, I we talked about it last time. We want to see Polly come back. I, this would have been great time to bring Polly back with Bananas gone. Heck yeah, I totally agree. And um, yeah, so it would be really fun to watch the challenge double agents. Um, I, I got to say, if I'm rooting for anybody this season, I want to see Leroy win one. Oh, yeah, 100%. I would love it if, I mean... If they do it where it's first and second place, Leroy and CT. Or if it's guy, girl, mm, that's a tough one. <laughs> Tori, probably. Yeah, I guess I'd like, I don't really know. I don't really have a favorite female. I guess maybe Nani would be cool to see her win one finally. Yeah, she's been doing it for too long. Yeah. But anyway, it should be a lot of fun. Last thing here, Rachel. I'll, t I'll mention what I've been watching as I quarantine. So I've been really maximizing on this CBS All Access, which now, by the way, CBS All Access carries all those Nickelodeon shows that we were really hyping up a few months ago. They got those on there. Heck yeah. In addition to that, they got the challenge. They got 20 seasons of the challenge. So... I've seen now every season of the challenge from Cutthroat to now, including all of the Champs vs. Star seasons. Wow. I am so impressed. <laughs> I need to get on CBS All Access and do a little challenge rerun marathon. 
Oh yeah, they got seasons. Uh, I think the first, it's seasons eleven through War of the World, so maybe like twenty three seasons. Wow. Ah, uh, so I I got I haven't seen pre Cutthroat. I'm gonna watch those eventually, but I think I'm made up for lost time pretty well. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, you haven't been watching Christmas movies, but at least you caught up <laughs> on the challenge. Well, it was it was mainly the, I watched pretty much all those seasons that I mentioned before before this COVID thing. But I watched through Champs versus Stars, and I hadn't done that. I liked it too. There was the one with Drake Bell on there. It was like <laughs> yeah. that was just like custom made for me. <laughs> and, oh yeah, that was funny. And Tony's Drake on Bell, there I too. Forgot about that. My favorite, Tony. Oh, Tony, would love it if he would come back to you, but yeah, we'll, we'll take what we get. <laughs> and I caught up on The Amazing Race as well. Um, I, I don't think you're an Amazing Race watcher, but I think you would like it. I am not. Um, I think I watched one episode when I was 16. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I will check it out, though. I'll give it a shot. Yeah, it's good. And D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage, um, former members of the Carolina Panthers, and uh, D'Angelo played on the Steelers at the end of his career. They are in the Final Four. Oh, wow. Let's get it. Yeah. <laughs> so, pretty exciting. But CBS yeah, All man. Access. JackVita.com slash CBS. Rach, what have you been watching for fun lately? I watched The Queen's Gambit. I watched Ratchet. I watched a movie last night called The Impossible that everybody should watch. It's about true story about a tsunami hitting. It's insane. You've got to check it out. Great story. Um, what else have I been watching? I rewatched Desperate Housewives. <laughs> <laughs> but Queen's Gambit, 10 out of 10 would recommend. That was an incredible show. Sweet. So, uh, CBS All Access, you would like on there. The Amanda Show is now on there. Rocket Power. Let's uh, go. We were talking Nedzy Classified. That one's even on there. And they got a lot of st- good stuff. I'm going to have to get on this. Hey Arnold just got added, actually, oh too. Oh my gosh. Say less. <laughs> Take all my money. <laughs> Say less. <laughs> um, okay, I have one. Oh, yeah. Last thing I was wondering, uh, reality TV, anything anything good out there? Have you been watching The Bachelorette? I have been. This season's been different. Usually, and I usually you and I this time of year would be talking Bachelorette, but I know you kind of threw the towel in on that. Pretty good season to do so because it's been kind of bogus. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't watch it. Uh, I don't watch the Bachelor franchise anymore. I think it's just. It got to the point where it was too much of like we're gonna do this whole gotcha thing where like we're gonna we're gonna make we're gonna invite these people to come on our TV show and we're just going to make them look like the worst people ever or like the whole Luke P thing really rubbed me the wrong way. But then like then they get Chase Rice to come on there and Chase Rice is like oh cool uh, the Bachelor yeah I'll play a show and they right. rope him into some drama and it's just like it's just cheap thrills like. Watch the challenge. Watch the real world. Watch like Survivor, where it's like, okay, yeah, maybe the maybe it's not like everything's perfect, but it's more real. Yeah, I totally agree. The Bachelor, I I watch it more so these days for humor, 
It's actually on tonight in about an hour. Um, oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I just, I don't think I really watch it these days for seriousness. It's kind of like, wow, these are real people and these are things they really say and really do. And yes, it is incredibly ugly what the producers do with mixing words and morphing sentences together and social media is ugly. So it ruins people's yeah. lives on the, yeah, it's just, mm. yeah. we'll see how much longer it goes, but this season it's been different and they're bringing on a bachelor who's not affiliated with the franchise. So we'll see how that goes. There was a guy who I knew from Carthage who was supposed to be on for Claire. His name's Ellis Matthews. He played basketball at Carthage. And he was going to be on. But then this whole situation with Claire or whatever, they didn't bring him back when they uh, when they stopped the Yeah. So that I was I was getting ready to watch The Bachelorette again. And I was like, we can get Ellis on the podcast and then they didn't even put Ellis on the show. And so then it was like, well, now I'm definitely not going to watch. <laughs> Do this to Ellis. Like Yeah, right. <laughs> Come on, Ellis. All right, last thing, I, I just thought of this. Real World on CBS All Access. I'd never seen... I watched The Real World New York, the original, and I watched The Real World San Diego, the one with Zach and Frank. Oh, my goodness. Check that out. Really, really good. Yeah, I really need to check this out. You know what? The Real World always was something that I loved. I was I started watching it at a really young age, and... <laughs> obviously there's like a lot of partying and a lot of drama jersey shore-esque but also there was a lot of like important conversations but i miss the real world i wish it was like it used to be i think now they do like facebook shows that are kind of weird but <laughs> yeah. um yeah which okay so which season of the real world should i watch next oh my goodness <sighs> the one with big easy in it which one what is that nola is that that would make sense if his name's Big his Easy. His name's Big Easy. He's from NOLA, but I don't remember <laughs> if it was a real world NOLA. Big Easy. Right. I think that was, I think Gemma was in it. Jemmy? Gemma. Remember from oh. the real world or from the challenge? Gemma? I remember Jemmy, not, not Gemma. Is it Jemmy? It is Jemmy. Yeah. Is it Gemma? Jemmy? Yeah. Whatever, Jemmy. Maybe there's it. another one named Maybe there's another one named Gemma. Even the seasons like when Zach was on, that was a good season. Yeah, that's the one I watched. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, yeah. CTs. <laughs> yeah, I, some of them aren't on All Access quite yet. Oh, but gotcha. um, I was thinking of maybe I want to see some of these people from the challenge to get their origin stories. So I was thinking maybe like uh, Portland to watch Jordan on there or... Um, was it Cancun, the one with bananas? Or sorry, what was the name? Yeah, of? Key West. Key West. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, what was the other one that I watched? That Leroy when Leroy was on. Oh yeah, Leroy, Vegas. That one was crazy. Oh my goodness, that one had a lot of drama. Yeah. Do you remember the... Big Easy from the challenge? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I do. Yeah. So he was. I like. Oh my gosh, you really have to watch that one. But yeah, the one with Leroy, great. Watch their yeah. seasons. I don't remember which ones, but I well, do Leroy, remember one of them. Leroy was on there with Nani and Dustin. And, yep, Dustin. Uh, oh, Cook. you know Dustin now. Now you know who Dustin is. Yes. Oh, so wait, that was the season that Jemmy was on. Because Jemmy met Dustin on The Real World. 
Are you sure? Wait, is that who I'm thinking of? Do no. you remember Jemmy's ex-boyfriend? You're Jemmy's thinking of, uh, what's his name? Is He actually is from Kenosha. Knight. Knight. That's who I'm thinking of. Dang it. Knight. <laughs> you saw Knight on the challenge. Yeah. Well, right. it's funny because the last season that didn't have bananas was Battle of the Seasons, which was the com- competition of which is the best real-world season. And that was one of my favorite seasons, which is why I think this could be a great season even without bananas. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. But that was a great season, the Battle of the Seasons. But that um, the season with Leroy, there's Dustin, there's Nani, there's Cook, and there's, um, gosh, there's someone else. But I saw them all because they had that on the battle of the seasons and then yeah mm-hmm. oh no there's the guy that um on Leroy's first season the rival season where his f- teammate gets sent home and then they bring on like his friend from the real world Mike yes oh my goodness i know exactly who you're talking about yeah, yeah yes. i'm going to have to i think i'll watch vegas next wow oh my gosh i need to go back and rewatch all of this yeah, and everyone can do that. If you want to know what we're talking about, go to jackvita.com slash CBS, get your free one-week trial, and enjoy the Nickelodeon, enjoy the CBS, all the great shows, every season of Survivor, every season of Big Brother. Uh, lots of great stuff over there. jackvita.com slash CBS. Rachel, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for your time. It was, it was fun being able to run through all these various uh, conversation topics with you. You know what? The time always flies by. I just looked down at my phone and saw we were almost talking for two hours. And it's like, wow, I did not even realize that we were on the <laughs> phone for that long. We absolutely fly through these topics. Um, oh, yeah. So I'm definitely looking forward to coming back and chit-chatting again. All right. Sounds good. Maybe we'll do it when we have a winner to reveal of this Christmas movie bracket. Christmas story. <laughs> oh, by the way, we didn't even mention, we got to give uh, some props. Jacob Schoon also helped with the bracket and he just got engaged. So, yeah, props congrats to Jacob. To yeah. Getting married in a couple of days, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, quick one, I guess. That's pretty exciting. <laughs> <laughs> quick engagement. Heard that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, Rachel, thank you so much. Uh, Is there anything else you'd like to plug or promote while you're here? You know, I remain anonymous. All I say (laughs) is everybody stay well. Enjoy the holidays. If I'm not back before then, watch your Christmas movies and send a handwritten letter to Kyle Schwarber telling him to bring it back to the Cubs. (laughs) All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Rachel. Thanks, Jag. Talk to you soon. Well, folks, that does it for my conversation with Rachel Gerhardt. Always a treat speaking with her, getting to talk some sports, a little reality TV action, Christmas movies, and I guess COVID-19 as well for that matter. Uh, I apologize for the delay getting this episode out. I hope everyone had a great week. This was kind of a hybrid of entertainment and sports today. Uh, We didn't have our regular weekend recap uh, update, but there will be one coming out this next week. I will be talking once again with Chase Beebe as his Buffalo Bills take on my Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday Night Football. I am so excited for that game. I'm so excited to talk with Chase. Once again, he competed on Sports Jeopardy with me, 
and we talked some college football and NFL a month earlier. The following week, I will have Scott Stahl here with me, and we will be recapping conference championship weekend. It's hard to believe that we're already at that time of the year in the college football season, but there's going to be a lot to get into that week. I guess, honestly, I'm going to have to double-check to see who all is playing that week. If it's everybody, I know the ACC conference championship game is that weekend. I'm going to have to look at the calendar because I think the Pac-12, I don't think the Pac-12 is going to be done quite yet. I think they're going to be playing for a while. So I'm going to have to do a little research on that. But in the meantime, make sure you are subscribed to the Jack Vita show because I'm probably going to drop some other episodes in the meantime. We're going to get some breaking news with the MLB offseason. I'm going to hop on here and give my thoughts on that. Um, Maybe I'll give another, if people want it and I'm feeling well, maybe I'll preview the games that are coming up this weekend. I'll get that out by the end of the week. Uh, We'll see. But make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're logging on to my website, jackvita.com. So that way you aren't missing out on any of the action. I'm going to be doing a lot of work on there in 2021. I'm so excited about that. Guys, we have some great content coming up again next week. Chase Beebe here with me talking football. And we'll probably have some baseball news before then. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jack Vita Show. Facebook.com slash Jack Vita Show. Hope you all enjoyed this episode. Thank you all for listening. Thanks to our sponsors. I will see you next week. And until the next episode, I am Jack Vita. Bring in the dancing lobsters.